Rethinking healthcare data on this healthcare edition of Industry Focus. Welcome to Interview Week on Industry Focus. I'm your host, Christine Hargis, and today we'll be hearing from Ross Mason, the founder and vice president of product strategy at MuleSoft, a software company with a heavy presence in the healthcare space. Welcome to the show, Ross. Glad you could join me today. Hi, Christine. Thanks for having me. So, can you start by giving us, our, our listeners, uh, a little bit of background on MuleSoft? Absolutely. So, um, uh, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm the founder of MuleSoft, so I've been here since day one. And, and we started uh, late 2006. And what we do for our customers is help them connect their applications, data, and devices, um, really to enable um, transformation in their organization. So, our focus is, is not just to connect these things, but actually to give our customers leverage in the way they unlock the assets inside their organization. So this has applications far beyond just healthcare. Absolutely, yeah. We it's a pretty wide ecosystem. Everything from sort of legacy apps, uh, SaaS applications, all the way to the you know the front engagement apps like mobile and and you know web and and also B two B channels. So given that you're working in a variety of spaces, just how important is the healthcare vertical to the business? Um, it's actually very important. It's one of our key verticals, and it's it's a focus area because it's it's probably one of the places where it has the most to gain and the least amount of uh, progression compared to other industries. Why do you think that is that there hasn't been as much progression in the world of healthcare? Well, well if you talk to anyone who works in healthcare, it, it's you know it's immediately obvious to them that there, there's so much. Um, you know, conflicting rules, regulations, relationships between providers, clinicians, hospitals, um, and also the government, um, that it just makes it much harder to move in, in that realm very quickly. And of course, you're dealing with sensitive information. So there's always a bit of um, uh, in hesitancy in doing anything that might compromise, uh, you know, the rules or governance around data, um, you know, data safety. To what extent is security an issue then, given that this is such sensitive information and there's such a variety of rules blocking the regulatory landscape? Yeah, I think it's hugely important. And obviously, there's there's lots of standards out there, things like HIPAA and, and, and others. But um, I also find that when you start talking around the challenges, there's a, a bit of misconception, some misbeliefs around um, security and, and where to apply it, where not to. Um, there's and I, you know, a little bit of fear mongering almost that every time you get a data breach, people are very concerned that you know any further advancements will increase the risk of of data breaches. And and in reality, I don't think that's true. Okay, and uh, so how is MuleSoft working to to block these sort of security breaches? Yeah, so what we do with our customers today is we, we help them unlock, um, you know, their valuable, um, you know, patient and health record information and uh, and deliver new new experiences both um, to the patients themselves who who are now more seen as customers, whereas before they, you know, a patient was probably third on the agenda when it, it came to thinking about creating experiences digitally. Um, you know, to give you some examples, um, you know, UCSF, so the, uh, you know, one of the major hospitals in San Francisco, um, you know, a couple of years ago, 
and actually more recently this year, created this application called CareWeb, which is all about bringing the patient into the additional conversation around their care, which was a little unusual when they proposed it a couple of years ago. Um, because patients typically the experience is you turn up into a waiting room, you fill out a whole bunch of forms, and if you've been there, you know, prior, you you still filled out the same forms. That's one problem. And then you didn't really know what was going on. And what's happening in the background, there's all sorts of uh, exchange of information over page, over pages, which are the old sort of beeper systems, over you know written files and and uh, people taking notes on notepads, and you know. CareWeb was all about digitizing that conversation to enabling a faster response to care and, and uh, diagnosis for patients at UCSF. How recently was this that they made this transition to digital? Well, I mean, I'm talking in the last two years. That's so, crazy and to think that just two... Oh, sorry. Go that, ahead. I was just saying, that's so crazy that uh, two years ago, they're still using pages and pens and papers for all of this information. Well, most hospitals still do. Um, there's really only two people in the world that still use pages, and it's it's basically doctors and drug dealers. And I think drug dealers have switched to more modern means as well. So it's um, yeah, it's an old technology, but it's it's adopted because it's reliable, um, and, and it's sort of been around as a, as a communication network for about fifteen twenty years. So with the UCF, UCSF Medical Center, how did MuleSoft's solution improve information flow and patient outcomes as a result? Yeah, well, what we did um, there, we, we enabled them to create this uh, digital conversation. So they're using so the EMR, um, you know, electronic med- medical record system data. They wanted to tap that into other backend systems. And they, they use Salesforce Chatter, so Salesforce is, you know, obviously the leading cloud CRM. They have this notion of chatter, which allows you to capture conversations around customers, products, you name it. And in this case, it was around patients. So what we did, we did all the stitching to enable that conversation to be fed into Salesforce from the EMR system, from the, um, you know, from the, the radiology department and the test results coming in through the lab results and even the paging system that they're using. So that was a sort of legacy archaic device. Um, We could actually feed that into a trackable conversation as well. And then finally what they could do is they could allow the the conversation um, around the patient to be more visible to the patient. So for example, if there's a you know lab results coming through, they can send a notification to the patient while they're in the ready room saying, hey, your lab results are ready, they're being, they're being reviewed right now by your doctor. So keeping the patient in the loop is, is critically important. And that's clearly a huge betterment of their actual experience too. Speaking of Salesforce, I uh, saw that MuleSoft recently at the HIMSS conference, which for our listeners is the Healthcare Information and Management Systems Society conference earlier this month, MuleSoft announced a new partnership with Salesforce. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, Salesforce have this strategy around their their health cloud um, and we're a key partner to enable the connectivity of information to and from um, that cloud. Now, usually when you say health data and cloud together, people get a little nervous. Um, and the reason why you know we're the premier partner there is is because we can enable certain data to move to the cloud while other data stays on premise, so you meet the regulatory requirements. Um, so really, for health cloud to work, I, I think having a partner like MuleSoft was 
was kind of critical to the agenda so that they could you know offer innovation in this direction without um, you know without sort of encroaching on the requirements around data governance and security makes sense. Uh, one of the elements of the tech world that comes up on the show quite a bit is wearables. Uh, I was wondering what your take is on this entire space and the whole wearable revolution. Yeah, and you know, there's there's a lot of speak about it. I guess because they're so visible, and I think somewhere near to half of Americans now have uh, you know sort of um, quantified self devices, if you like. Um, the, the challenge with wearables is the data doesn't go anywhere. Um, so if you can capture information about your sleep, uh, around you know your vital signs, all sorts of things, but if you can't connect that information back into your medical record and you can't give access to um, you know doctors or even third parties to crunch that data against your medical record, it sort of lives in another silo. And I, I think the challenge that the wearable uh, movement needs to overcome is how to make that data relevant to your health and your care and, and you know particularly your sort of preventative care, you know, to spot things before before they happen. Um, so I think that's one aspect that, that hasn't really um, come to fruition yet. And it's largely due to the fact that the medical information is locked behind closed walls and, and is very opaque to um, almost everyone. Now, is that a function of different companies being the makers of these electronic health records, or is it just a matter of nobody taking it by the reins and, and hooking all these data systems up yet? Yeah, I, I think there's plenty of people who like to see them connected. Unfortunately, I think the barrier to entry is is um, partly um, due to the vendors who own the big EMR systems. Uh, there are some efforts out there to try and open this up, but it's it's very slow moving, and I think it gets blocked fairly frequently because the large vendors do have a fair bit of control over the IT landscape in inside these hospitals and in these providers. And is MuleSoft able to get in there and work with them, or is it its own silo? We tend to work with the direct customers um, versus with the the big vendors themselves, um, mostly because they they tend to want to control the whole ecosystem, but. Doctors, uh, hospitals, providers are starting to push back and say, "No, actually, I need an ecosystem around this information. It can't, it can't just all live in one place. I need to be able to connect in other things." And I think the Salesforce Cloud Initiative is another nod in this direction that that um, you know both uh, hospitals and, and doctors are looking for a, a more open way to share some of its information that's locked in the hospital itself. That makes sense. Um, so. Tell me about an outcome that you're most proud of. Um, well, I, you know, we're seeing some glimmers of hope. So you mentioned um, wearables, and you know, one of the stories um, I'm I'm personally quite uh, excited about is um, Livongo, which I think we spoke about a little while ago. Um, but what they're enabling is uh, patients to monitor their diabetes condition remotely and send the, the data into uh, into the doctor for analysis and, and just keeping track of what's going on. So what tends to happen you know, with diabetes is, is that you monitor your own um, condition and you, you sort of go into the hospital or to the doctor when you think things have changed or when the current medication or, or you know, regime isn't working for you. Um, the problem with that is, is people who get it and understand it are pretty good at managing it many who have certainly type 2 diabetes didn't grow up with it have a hard time managing that condition 
and of course, obviously that's the condition's been growing as well. So um, having this way of, of monitoring remotely and actually, you know, um, having a you know connected device that allows uh, the patient when they they administer their medication when they do their tests at home, that getting stored in a central place for analysis is pretty powerful. So it's one step forward. And, and I think what we'll see in healthcare is lots of one steps forward until there's a critical mass where um, the obvious benefits of having this connected, uh, you know, connected devices feed back into your medical record, into your doctors is, is kind of becomes really crucial. So just to play devil's advocate a little bit, um, does that not create an additional burden of responsibility on doctors if they can access real-time data and maybe it's the middle of the night and they're not sitting there staring at this information and so they miss maybe that you're having a problem that requires immediate attention? Do you think that's a, a blocker here? I don't think so because I still think it's a massive improvement over uh, what's happening today. Right, so in that scenario, and I, I, I think it's, that's the right devil to play here because I think what happens when these ideas go into the public domain, there's always people on the far end of the spectrum that will come up with um, what seem like very valid reasons not to progress. But in essence, what you're really saying is that scenario can still occur whether you, it's connected or not. But the other scenario is is that there's there's far better monitoring on someone's condition day to day. and um, better historical analysis and uh, you know better sort of um, research data on on how the disease is progressing in a given region for you know given um, you know population. Um, so I think it provides way more about benefits and you, you know often the downsides are downsides whether it exists or not. So they're not real downsides. Yeah, I, I can see it being an area where there needs to be a little bit more legal clarity before adoption spreads. But you're right, it is about the baby steps and any improvement is just that, an improvement. One other potential area that I, I could see being a bit of a stumbling block, is it economically viable, particularly for small providers, to incorporate all these new technologies and try to, to get caught up to date? Yeah, and I think that's you know another big area of um, where there does need to be better alignment in the industry. Um, you can't expect you know doctors be running these types of applications. They need to be supported by um, you know uh, a group, whether you know within the government or externally, um, that provides the facilities and capabilities. What's actually happening a lot is, is doctors go their own direction because they're not getting what they need. So some of this reform has to happen um, through some of the central bodies that provide some of the, the guidance, not just the rules and regulations, but the guidance on, on how doctors connect into, into their ecosystem. So I, I think there's a lot of maturity that can happen there. But interestingly, um, you know, the first movers are shining the light to show that, that if you know, you have a bit more alignment there and you, you provide a bit more support and air cover for these types of initiatives, then people will gravitate to them. And it is certainly a long-term investment. Before we wrap the program up, I would love to ask to ask you to make a prediction for the world of healthcare in, say, 10 years. Oh, wow. Well, I can tell you what I'd like it to be, um, and um, I won't even go that far. I've got, I've got some pretty far-out views on where I'd love it to be, but... Um, I think the key to where healthcare goes next is 
not just having a single uh, patient record, which is still an aspiration, frankly, for a lot of organizations, even though there's been a lot of, um, you know, a lot of efforts in that direction, um, but actually having a more open health record where myself as an individual or my doctor or, you know, the hospital that I, I check in with a concussion can get more readily access the information around not my immediate history, but what's happened even in the last five, 10 years. Um, the way we see that happening and what we're seeing from our customer base is that rather than hoping for a, you know, a single custodian of that data, which I think would be um, one direction, is that they're starting to open up some of that information through um, APIs, application programming interfaces. They're basically a way of exchanging you know, digital information between two or more parties. And we're seeing more hospitals and more providers look at this as a way of exchanging information, at least within their own ecosystems. So other, you know, other hospitals in the states, other providers in the states. Uh, and 10 years from now, it'd be great to have that be the normal behavior across um, health providers. If you have that alone, you can actually start to build a much more um, uh, solid idea of, of a, a view of a patient and um, become a lot better at, uh, you know, analyzing the re past results, looking for predictive future um, issues. And I think having that open patient record would actually really help drive the industry forward in terms of innovations and also, uh, you know, just understanding the way the population needs to have, help, you know, healthcare delivered to them. Yeah, it's an optimistic vision, but it's a great one. And we're lucky to have companies like MuleSoft working on this because it's truly an issue that matters to all of us. Ross, thank you so much for joining me today. Great. Uh, folks, thank you. Folks listening, uh, just a heads up, I won't be here next week, but you can look forward to hearing Michael Douglas and Todd Campbell reunite for an episode. And if you're looking for more Motley Fool podcast goodness, I'm going to be on a bonus edition of Market Foolery this Friday, which is another one of our podcasts. Uh, I'll be there along with The Fool's co-founder, David Gardner, and a few other special guests. It's going to be a great episode. Highly recommend you check it out. As always, people on the program may have interests in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for today. Thanks again to Ross for being here, and I hope everyone listening is enjoying interview week.